The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by the Association of American Railroads. New technology creates a smarter and safer freight rail network that is ready to meet the needs of tomorrow. Visit AAR.org. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, September 26th. In today's news... Nancy Pelosi gets top House Democrats to agree to keep the impeachment inquiry focused on Ukraine. The acting director of national intelligence threatened to resign if he couldn't speak freely before Congress today. And new details emerge about that whistleblower complaint. But first, the big idea. Justice Department officials took less than a month to abandon an inquiry into President Trump's communications with his Ukrainian counterpart about investigating former Vice President Joe Biden. This is reigniting concerns among Democrats and legal observers that the law enforcement agency is serving as a shield for the commander-in-chief. Just weeks after intelligence leaders asked the Justice Department and the FBI to consider examining a summer phone call between Trump and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, the head of the department's criminal division, a Trump appointee and loyalist, determined that there was not sufficient cause to even launch a formal investigation. Department officials and career public integrity prosecutors reviewed a rough transcript of the call and verified its authenticity, but because a case was never opened, they took no other steps, such as conducting interviews with witnesses. They looked only at whether Trump might have violated campaign finance laws, not federal corruption statutes, even though some legal analysts say there seems to be evidence of both. Repeatedly in that July 25th phone call, Trump pressed Zelensky to launch an investigation into Biden and his son and to greenlight another inquiry into the origins of the special counsel probe that once dogged Trump's presidency. That's according to a roughly five-page partial transcript released by the White House yesterday morning. That rough transcript shows that Trump interspersed his demands with casual references to help that the U.S. has given Ukraine and could give Ukraine, and a vague promise of how Zelensky might one day be able to meet with him at the White House. Zelensky had been seeking that meeting for months. Trump also mentioned that his attorney general, Bill Barr, and his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, could aid the Ukrainian inquiries that Trump was asking for. He said he would have them get in touch. Legal experts from across the ideological spectrum, on the left and the right, say this was suggestive not only that Trump was seeking a contribution from a foreigner, which would violate the campaign finance laws, but that he also seemed to hint at a corrupt bargain in which Zelensky would get the White House meeting or other help in exchange for digging up dirt on Trump's political foes. Senior Justice Department officials defended their handling of this matter, saying that campaign finance laws requiring them to quantify the value of what Trump was seeking for his campaign, and that was impossible to do with investigations Trump was requesting. Kerry Kupek, a DOJ spokeswoman, said that although Trump mentioned Barr multiple times in the call, the president has never actually spoken with his attorney general about having Ukraine investigate anything related to Biden or his son, nor, she said, has Barr discussed Ukraine with Giuliani. For his part, Trump seemed to fixate on another allegation that legal analysts say he might have faced, trying to exploit or solicit a bribe from Ukraine's government. 
The president insisted during a news conference on the sidelines of the U.N. General Assembly yesterday that he had not offered a quid pro quo to his Ukrainian counterpart, which is an aspect of a federal corruption case. Legal analysts note that the context of Trump's call, remember, at the time, he was withholding about $400 million in aid from Ukraine that Congress had already approved, suggests he was trying to strike some kind of bargain. Randy Eliason, a former federal prosecutor in Washington, says he was really startled that they put this rough transcript out there with the spin that they thought it was somehow exculpatory. Eliason noted that in almost all bribery cases, those facing indictments seldom offer an explicit bargain. He added, quote, this is almost as close as you can get. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and senior House Democrats agreed in a private meeting after that rough transcript was released that they should keep their impeachment investigation of Trump narrowly focused to his dealings with the Ukrainians. That's according to five Democrats familiar with the conversation. Those Democrats tell us that the evidence was incriminating enough, and they think easy enough for voters to understand, to proceed with their impeachment inquiry, and soon. One individual in the meeting said, quote, strike while the iron's hot. And that really captures the sentiment up on the Hill right now. Democrats say they could move quickly enough on impeachment that they might be able to act by the end of this year. Pelosi told colleagues that keeping the inquiry focused on Ukraine could also help the investigation in the courts, where a slew of investigative matters have been bogged down for months now. Though Pelosi did not rule out during this session, ultimately including other episodes as potential articles of impeachment. The meeting included multiple members of the House Judiciary Committee, which has been probing alleged obstruction of justice, self-dealing, and other matters involving Trump, though Chairman Jerry Nadler was not in the meeting which many took note of. The meeting ultimately ended without a firm decision on whether to circumscribe those probes entirely, but with consensus inside the room that narrowing the investigation, if only in terms of political messaging, makes sense. Multiple members of that House Judiciary Committee say they expect probes of other matters to continue unabated and potentially contribute to the impeachment articles when they're drafted. Several liberal lawmakers also want to include multiple charges in any impeachment articles. Moderates are more skittish about that. And we passed a significant milestone late last night. A majority of members of the House of Representatives are now on the record as supporting the opening of an impeachment inquiry. As of about 10 p.m., according to a whip count, we've been keeping 217 House Democrats and one independent, Justin Amash, the former Republican from Michigan, say they support opening an impeachment inquiry at the very least. Of those, 25 have gone a step farther, saying they would definitely support impeaching the president. Number two, this will be the big story of today. The acting director of national intelligence threatened to resign over concerns that the White House might attempt to force him to stonewall Congress when he testifies later today about the whistleblower complaint that prompted this firestorm. The Post broke that story about McGuire. Joseph McGuire is the acting director of national intelligence, based on interviews with current and former U.S. officials familiar with the matter. Those officials say that McGuire, who was thrust into this job just last month, warned the White House that he was not willing to withhold information that he was legally obligated to provide to Congress. McGuire and the Trump White House are disputing that he threatened to resign. 
But after they put out statements, Washington Post executive editor Marty Barron said, we stand by our story. The current and former officials speaking on the condition of anonymity to discuss such a sensitive matter said McGuire pushed the White House to make explicit legal decisions on whether it would assert executive privilege over the whistleblower complaint. McGuire has also at times expressed his displeasure to White House counsel Pat Cipollone and others in the White House, complaining that they've put him in the untenable position of denying the material to Congress over a specious claim that it didn't fall within his jurisdiction as leader of the intelligence community. It's unclear whether McGuire's threat forced the White House to acquiesce and allow him to testify without constraints, but Officials say that McGuire has pursued the opportunity to meet with lawmakers. He's going to talk publicly to the House Intelligence Committee and privately to the Senate Intelligence Committee to defend his actions and his integrity. Number three, after the White House allowed some lawmakers to read the whistleblower's complaint last night, Democrats signaled that they're increasingly convinced that the president's behavior justifies their drive for impeachment. The complaint focuses largely on the July 25th call, which the whistleblower saw as evidence of Trump's efforts to pressure the Ukrainian government to investigate his opponents. But, crucially, the complaint broadly alleges an overarching effort by Trump and Giuliani to pressure Ukrainian officials over time, leading up to and following July 25th. The whistleblower paints a picture, including with public news reports, to suggest that Giuliani pressured Ukrainian officials to further Trump's personal interests, not the national interest. More troublingly, the complaint alleges a pattern of obfuscation at the White House, in which officials moved the records of some of Trump's communications with foreign leaders onto a separate computer network from where they're normally stored. The whistleblower alleges that's what officials did with the rough transcript of Trump's July 25th call with Zelensky, This action alarmed the intelligence community's inspector general, and it prompted him to issue a formal request to the White House to retain all records related to the Zelensky call. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, September 26th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.